Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Good evening, church. Yes, we've been um, going on with our Great Faith series for the past three and a half weeks, almost done. This is the, th- the third last um, series on Great Faith that we are going to do. We've looked at a number of characters in the Bible how they responded to faith amidst or in the midst of the challenges that they are faced or they were faced with uh, on their day-to-day life as they were going about their daily lives. So today we are going to do and look at the life of Abraham and Sarah. How to maintain great faith when the promises of God seems impossible. We all do get to places when we are challenged in such a way that we start asking questions, God, are you real? Are you there? Are you hearing? Lord, are you watching over me? Are you guiding me? Where are you? And this is the time that we are now going to be looking at Sarah and Abraham and learn some lessons on how they responded to faith, um, to, to, to problems that they were faced with. So our scripture reading is in Hebrews uh, chapter 11. Uh, verses 8 to 12, and it reads as follows. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob as with him of the same promise. Verse 10, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. There are three things that we will be looking at during this sermon, and those three things are very important. These are the things that will be guiding us throughout up until the end and also helping us to understand when things, when God's promises have been coming on for so long. What is it that we need to do to maintain those places where we trust in God's word? And this is faith to obey, faith to live on the go, and faith to wait. So we are now going to look at how verse by verse this was playing itself out during Abram and Sarah's lives. So faith to obey. Now, before Abram answered the call, to leave his native country, God said to him, and that is recorded in Genesis 12, verse 1, and we read, just so I can read quickly, what God said to Abraham was that, um, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. And God gave him promises with this specific word that he gave him. And the promises were that God will make Abraham 
turn out into a great nation. He will bless him and he will make him famous. He will bless him and he will become a blessing to those around him. He will bless those who bless him and he will curse those who curse him also. And all the families throughout the earth will be blessed through him. Those were the promises that Abraham got, to God, from God. And you know what? When Abraham actually, um, uh, as verse 8 says, by faith Abraham obeyed. When he obeyed, he only had the word as assurance from God. That's the only thing he had. He did not go into analyzing it or negotiating around it or finding a plan. Oh God, but how can you just want me to leave? I mean, I've been in this land for so many years. My wealth is here. My house is here. My family is here. All my whole life, I've been here. And now you are asking me to leave the land, the only land that is known to me. And many of us do come to places where God also, now and then, will challenge us or challenges us to leave certain things behind. It could be careers. It could be businesses. It could be whatever it is that you are faced with in that moment in time. It could also be a call to repentance, just to leave behind. And so what we do is we start negotiating around things. But Abraham, the word says, Abraham departed and followed the Lord's instructions. He, did, he, he was aware of the fact that what he's going to leave behind is, is, is great, it's big, but not bigger than what God had in mind or in store for him. Hence, he let go and he departed. So I believe that Abraham was also quite challenged in his, in his, in his, uh, in his heart. And, um, but he, he also had a choice. In fact, he had a choice. It was not a forceful thing. Or it was not something that God said blindly, now you must follow and do. He had a choice to dismiss it also or disobey. Yeah? Or even just... You know, feel that, you know what, God, I'm not going to do this. But he also knew, because of the relationship that he had with God, the deeper relationship that he had with God, because from a relationship place comes trust and obedience. And that is why when we look, even the way how the author actually started saying these three verses, by faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, Sarah. By faith, by faith. The emphasis comes as a result of understanding that he had this belief that was totally beyond just trusting God. You know, it was his word. It was more than that. It was an extraordinary understanding that he had about God. And that is why he actually left. And I remember <clears throat> in my own life, um, some two and a half years ago or two years ago, I can't remember the exact time, I was also uh, challenged with uh, decision-making in my life concerning um, studies that I was doing. I started off very well, you know, I was enjoying it, but I was so frustrated. I've been studying for a while, but I've never been in a frustrated position as I was with those studies. And I had a dream uh, whereby my senses were blocked. And I said to God, but God, what are you saying? And God was saying to me, you know what, Rita, I've been speaking to you about leaving this thing. But you can't even see, you are so caught up in this thing that the way how I speak to you, it's so blocked. You can't even sense, you can't even discern my spiritual voice. 
And with Abraham, God was very loud and clear. There was no deception. There was no confusion. It was loud and clear. And with me also, it was quite very loud and clear. But for some reason, I was just not doing what God was asking me to do because I had so much pride in me. You know, I've started this thing. I will be, you know, uh, graduating soon, and I will be called this and that thing. And it was going on like that. And this whole thing totally consumed me. And I started making an idol of it. And that is how it was going. And um, I remember uh, the one uh, uh, week before I actually got to this decision, I had a tea with Aune. We went out. Now, normally I don't leave stuff in the car, but that specific day, I had all my material, my laptop, my books, everything in my bag in the car. But the windows of the car are tinted. For, so, for some reason, you had to really come and peek through the window to see where, what is in the car that you can really take, whatever it is. And I also had some grocery bags. I parked the car from a very high distance. I could see the car. So it was just impossible what happened there. You know, it was just impossible. So I could not up until today, I have no answer. But God allowed the bag to just go, to disappear. The car was not broken into. No glass was broken into, nothing. But my bag was gone. The groceries were there. So I was saying, <laughs> but God, <laughs> whoever wanted to steal would have taken everything. Why leaving the groceries? So the bag was gone. And so when I got home, I called Aune. Aune, did you guys not take my bag by accident? No. I went back to the place. I said, guys, I asked the manager. No, no, we did not. And I was like, even if I go to the police, what do I tell them? The car, <laughs> how was the car broken in? Nothing. So I came home, I told my husband, and my husband said, you know what, my wife, I don't think this is even a prayer case. Just do what you have to do. <laughs> Just do what you have to do and take a decision that you need to take. And I was like, Lord, no. So a week after that, Margaret calls me and she says, Rita, I was praying and I had an impression from God. God was telling me that you are right at the brink of taking a very important decision in your life. Don't be too too much in a hurry to do that. Ask wisdom from God how to go about it. And this decision, whatever it is that you are about to take, has generational impacts. And I was like, oh, God, no. Can't be. You know, I'm negotiating again. I had Mar what Margaret said I was negotiating. So, But then the bag was gone, and that was an indication that God was very loud and clear. Leave this thing. I have a different story for your life. Leave this thing out. And many a times, we just negotiate and negotiate until damage is done. And sometimes the damage can be hefty. And sometimes, yes, God in his allowance, in his mercies, will show mercies all the time. But there's always an outcome. So let's not miss out mainly because we ignore the call of God upon our lives. So in, this, in the next verse, verse 9 um, where we now have the second uh, aspect that is quite important that will take us through is faith to live on the go. You know, when Abraham left his hometown and went and lived in these different places, as he was going everywhere where he was going, he was actually pitching a tent, yeah? And he was in the promised land, as the verse says, that by faith he went to live in the land of the promise as in a foreign land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. Now, he understood his position as a sojourner. 
he understood that he is not permanently where he was. Now, some of us, for some reason, we do miss that point where we just think that this earth is our home. This is not our home. God has called us to be in this world, but we are not of this world. We are just here for a purpose, keeping our eyes focused on one goal only, and that is eternity. We are here to work to advance the kingdom of God. That is what we are here for. And what Abraham understood was he was in a foreign land, and he also knew that he did not want to be the same or to look the same as the people that he was, uh, that, 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 that was around him because these people's houses were made out of dried mud. And he decided that he wants to live in a tent because he wants to be separated from what is happening around him. And when people were looking at him, they were also wondering, what on earth is happening to this guy? Why would he want to live in a tent with his whole family? What if a heavy storm comes and just, you know, sweep the whole tent away? What if, you know, while this little tent or these tents are there, there is wild animals, there is no protection, but Abraham's security was not in all these things. He knew that his was a temporary thing that he was there for. He was not there permanently. So he chose the discomfort. And in the discomfort, he could now obviously be so inclined to hear God's voice very easily and also obey when the instructions are on. When God says, move, there is no excuse to move. We need to travel light. They, we, ha we are carrying a lot of heavy stuff around us. And hence, we can't do what God has called us to do. When God tells us to move, we need to, yes, we need to calculate. We need to look at everything. But that should not be the thing that we now say, oh, God, I can't go because I have a wife. I can't go because I have children. I can't go because I have responsibilities. Abram had the same thing. He had a family. He had children. He had a whole household with maidservants and men servants, livestock, and you name it. But he took his stuff and he departed based on the voice of God and the instructions that God gave him. That is what he did. So his security was right there where the Lord was directing him and instructing him to do. So where is our security? Where is our security? So God wants us to really have faith. The fact that God told him to leave, to go to a land that only God will show him, you know, was a place where, but God, now if I leave, I don't even know how long it will take for me to get there, how long I will be on the road, what am I going to feed my whole house? You know, he, he had these questions, but his security was in God. His prosperity was in God, and his faith was in God because he knew God was the designer and the builder of his faith. That is what he knew. And a lot of us are also called to be influencing our environments, you know, for the next generations. We don't know how long we are going to be here on earth. And while we are here, we should live as if tomorrow is the end of it. Today is the last chance that I have to now obviously live a life that influences those around him. So the reason why God did not give him all these details, it is because God wanted to have the glory for himself. 
He wanted Abraham, after all, to come and say, all glory belongs to God. I respect the promises of God. I know that God has made a way for me. This could not have happened out of my own. It was because of God. That is what God wanted from Abraham. And that is what God also wants from us, to trust him wholeheartedly, him and him alone. We cannot help God on. We cannot go and say, oh, God said I must do this and that. What do you say, sister? Can you pray for me? And then the sister come and then confuse the plan of God in your life. And it goes on and on and on. God wants us to trust him totally. It's 100% or never. And the fact also that um, uh, Abraham refused to permanently settle was really that he did not want to take on the culture that is devoid of God's presence. And it is in God's presence where we hear loud and clear. It is in God's presence where we get the instructions. It is because the word of God is firm. It is steadfast. It is trustworthy. We don't have any other but the word of God to keep trusting him. And the, the 11th verse, um, the third point is faith to wait. And I think this is the, the thing that we all struggle with, you know. While waiting, you know, we need to, to cultivate faith in us. And how do we cultivate faith is by spending time in the presence of God, by reading the word of God, you know, by really just living that which God has blessed us with because he has blessed us with everything we need. And what, 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 what the verse is saying there is that by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. God is so faithful, irrespective of what we do, who we are, how we act. God remains faithful. And what Sarah did is when she really saw the faith that her husband had, she caught that faith. She caught it. And by the time she caught it, that was the time when the three angels appeared, yeah, to Abraham. And she was in the tent overhearing a conversation. I mean, look, Abraham then got married when, 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 when he was just 50 years old. That is when he got married. And I mean, that is Abraham for sure. Some of us have waited for too long also. And I know uh, of a lady that was also part of our church some years ago who got married also at the age of 50. Who said it cannot be done? It can be done. Circumstances are real. These are realities. But the word of God supersedes everything. And when God moves with his word, he comes in an extraordinary, unexpected. Then he comes and he makes and brings his word to perfection and fruition. And yes, when Sarah heard it, she laughed. When we go back to Genesis 18, it was like, huh, me, look at me. Suddenly, reality sets in. I'm so old, yeah? Look at that picture, how beautiful that lady is with a baby on her chest. I think that is how Sarah was looking like. Beautiful, the Bible said. She was so beautiful, really beautiful. And she obviously realized that, wow, I'm past the age. I can't even conceive. But just because of the faith, that she caught from her husband. She received the power to conceive. And that was her key to then giving birth to her son. That did not deter her. Her circumstances did not deter her. 
failures, whatever disobedience, you know how she was helping God with Hagar and all these things, you know how we try to help God here and there. Yeah, God, you are just taking too long. Let me just do it my way. Yeah, but and I can pray tomorrow, Lord, forgive me. And it goes on like that. That's what we do. Those are the realities of life. But this couple waited for over 25 years for their baby to come. I mean, he's 100 years old, and she was 90 years old. And I mean, who gives birth? Who really does that? Only God does that. Amen. So God is a God that really fulfills his promises all the time. It doesn't matter the circumstances, yeah? And many a times, it is in the midst of chaos and weaknesses that we are experiencing that God comes and he perfects his, his, his glory. He comes and he perfects us while we are in those moments of weaknesses and, 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 and moments of despair and so on. So when all the facts say otherwise, people, when things are not moving, things are going wrong, and some of us are right there where we are saying, God, the economy, and he says, that is not your problem, it's my problem, keep focusing. I said, but God, how can I focus while it is like this? It's just like Abraham when he said to God, oh, sovereign God, you have blessed me with so much everything, but what does it help? I don't even have a son. I don't have. And God says, focus, look up unto me, come out, let me show you the promises. And he gives us those promises. He brings out those prophetic words that were given to each and every one of us. He says, do you remember this word? Do you remember this word? Go back into your books. You wrote this book down some other time. Go back and see what I have said, what I have promised you. And he reminds us constantly. He reassures us constantly. Maybe it's just us who do not see because we are cluttered or our programs are too full to see what God is doing in our lives. But these are the things that God wants us to do. So, do we really have faith to wait upon God's seemingly impossible divine intervention? Do we have that faith to wait? The easiest way, people, is always to quit. Doubt God's promises and quit. That is the easiest way. But the hardest way or path that nobody wants to do is to wait upon God in his presence, in his word, in his praises. That is the most difficult time to really wait when things look so impossible. But that is when God really comes and intervenes and brings out those impossible things to fruition. Amen. Amen. So in closure, the last verse, 12, Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Many of us really are spoiled by the way how we look at things. You know, we are like in a little box. God's timing is totally different from our timing. You know, when God said to Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. There was nothing evidently that he could say, yes, this is what I can associate what God said to me. There was nothing. And yes, because God's timing is always perfect and God's timing is totally different from, what, from ours and the way how God perceives things. We only look at here, but God sees further 
future possibilities in our lives. That's what God sees. While we only see here, the now, the problem, the circumstances, the limitations. Lord, what is happening? And even though Abram lived up to the age of 175, he really did not see all these promises coming to pass. But his generation did see these promises come to pass. And here we are today. We are also part of the promises. The innumerable, the number of people that we cannot even count, those people are now making, we are making part of those people of the promise that God gave when he called out Abraham those years. So despite the times of disobedience here and there between him and Sarah, you know, doing their own thing, they still kept on believing God in the midst of the bed, in the midst of, Lord, will it ever happen? You said, I'm 90 years old. I can't even, I don't even have menopause anymore, nothing. Did you really say, God, is it going to happen? And eventually, it did happen. That is how God has honored their faith by not only giving them Isaac, but also the descendants too numerous to count. Despite our failures, people, despite our shortcomings, God is a faithful God. In his own good time, he will come through for us. His promises, his word is firm. His word is steadfast. And his word is trustworthy. It is for us to have faith to obey the word of God. It is for us to have faith while we are going knowing we are only here for a while. Our eyes are fixed on one goal only, and that is God. While we are waiting to cultivate that faith in his presence, in his word, waiting to hear and waiting to see his plans coming to us and coming into fruition, God remain faithful. He is able to do exceeding abundantly more and more, extra more, <laughs> beyond our thinking, beyond our capacity, beyond our limits, beyond our failures, beyond our shortcomings. He is able to bring out when he said he will. He said, do not be afraid. I will be with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. That is what God is. He is our God. So we don't need to fear anything. We don't need to feel as if God is not faithful. He remains faithful. Amen. Amen. Can we stand up? <laughs> yes, Lord. For some of us that are sitting here, God has been sending out a call to really just trust and obey Him because of the relationship that you have with Christ. Yes, we are now coming out of the fast. It was said this morning that all our plans, strategic plans, our goals have been okayed in heaven. It is now for us to walk this out with God. 
we now need to come to that place where we are trusting God even if some of us's plans are not yet we can't yet see the fruits what God is asking of us is just to trust him he's just asking for us to trust him to obey him and to know that his word is firm his word is true his word supersedes every other thing every limitation or any shortcoming that you might have experienced or that you will be experiencing because after the fast now is the time to really trust God for those impossible great challenges that we will be faced with where is our security what is it that makes us not to trust God what is it that makes us not to obey God whatever it is that we've been making idols God is saying it's time to let go and it's time to just trust me and obey the word the only thing we have is just the word of God we don't have any other thing we have the word we have his spirit to guide us to lead us to instruct us to teach us to show us the way even if he says go and we don't know where to go it's okay we feel safe in his arms because he is the one directing us he is the one showing us the way and a lot of us as we are going we might experience some weakened faith now and then remind god of that thing that weakens your faith remind him tell him about it just like abraham did when god said do not be afraid i will protect you and he said oh sovereign lord you have given me all these blessings what does it help me to have all of this but i do not have a son i don't know what it is that will be coming your way but when it comes know that the lord is there for you he will never leave you he will never forsake you have the confidence in him have the confidence in his word and have faith because without faith we cannot please God. We need faith to please God. And everything that God has done for us, what he has done through us, what he has accomplished with our lives was done through faith. If it was works, then there is no guarantee. But because there is faith, we have a guarantee. We we have hope in Christ. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for strengthening us, Father. We thank you that you are a God of your word and your word, Father, is active. Your word, Father, brings transformation. Your word, Father, brings light where there is darkness. Your word, oh God, is a guide unto us. And we thank you that your word we will keep in our hearts oh god your word will guide us oh god as we walk as we sit father as we sleep your word will be the foundation to our faith oh god we praise you we worship you 
In Jesus' name we pray. And if there are people here that have not responded to the call of repentance, to the call of saying yes to God, to the call of being taken out of darkness into the light, the marvelous light of God, a call where God is saying, it's now enough you have been living your life in the flesh. Now I'm going to deposit my spirit and you will be made alive again and you will live in the spirit, not according to the flesh. There is a call for you. If you feel convicted that you need Jesus in your life, you are welcome to come to the front and we will pray with you. The only inheritance we have here for us is salvation and eternity. And when we receive salvation, we will never miss eternity. And if we miss or re not receive salvation, we will miss eternity. And that is what God is saying. Don't live without making that commitment. You don't need to analyze anything. You don't need to question too many things. You just need to come to him and he will set the path straight for you. He will answer all those questions. He will, he will give you all those possibilities, the future that is lying ahead of you. That is what God is going to, to give you. The only thing that you need to do is just to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God exists. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.